Everything Trying to Kill You, the podcast that analyzes and pokes loving but merciless fun at all your horror movie faves. I'm Mary. I'm Mary Kay. I'm Rachel. And this is a magical episode. It is both classic in our movie choice and groundbreaking because this is our very first episode fully recorded and released under Campfire Media. So uh, you may remember us uh, mentioning that last episode that we were joining the Campfire family and this is our first kind of full foray. So if we sound like totally different people, pod people, gross, creepy, whatever, blame it on them, right? That seems fair. I don't know. I'm just mad. I think that the fact that you did not react to my air horns is egregious. Because I think they were so loud that for some reason, like my end of speakers, like kind of muted them. Like you cut out completely. I couldn't hear them. Well, you're in for a treat later. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We joke, we joke, but we love Campfire Media. We love them so much. They bring joy to our hearts and a song to our lips. The song is Poor Unfortunate Souls (laughs) from The Little Mermaid. So that's how you know how happy we are. For this episode, we'll we'll be discussing the uh, beloved 1982 hit Poltergeist. Wait, so you're telling me Mm -hmm. that we tricked them into um, giving us their entire voice? So we have that power now? Okay, I just want to be clear. No, I, I just sing that song when I'm happy. Ooh. I always pretend feel... that I'm the hot sea witch. <laughs> yeah, it just... It just always. It makes, it makes me feel powerful to sing that song. <laughs> so, I like to think about how I had to rake them across the coals, but on like the whole, I've been a saint. like to think about body language? <laughs> I, what you know I about used, that body language? I, I used to think about that more. But now, yeah, now that we don't see anyone ever. What did I say earlier? What did I say earlier? If you have had sex during this shutdown, you can't tell me nothing. I will, I will burst into flames. It's, 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 it's so scary out here, guys. I'm just well, so, I'm like dried up. I'm like a raisin. <laughs> oh, Mary. I was meant to be a luscious grape that becomes a luscious wine, and instead, I'm a sad nasty ass little raisin i'm gonna end up in a cookie and ruin a little kid's day well we are having sex and we are gonna talk a lot of shit and there's nothing you can do about it <laughs> except for i'm just gonna vanish from mid-episode and you're gonna be like Mar- mary mary what's up she spontaneously combusted just yeah, like you, she promised <laughs> they're gonna think i'm being petty and i just left the call but no and then the unsolved mysteries soundtrack comes in Nothing inspired more sheer terror than that theme song. I never watched a scene, a single episode. It just oh, I loved it to my core. Absolutely, I loved not. it. I don't think I don't know if it was just that I was young enough that that kind of stuff didn't feel quite real to me yet, or if um, I thought I was going to solve them. Or so, I think that might have been part of it. Like I loved mystery stories so much that mm-hmm. like it didn't seem possible to me that none of them would ever get solved. Right? Like that's what Miss Marple is for. Um, but as we know, the, the world is not an Agatha Christie novel, mm. as fascinating as that might be. Yes. Um, Speaking of Netflix, what else is on Netflix is Poltergeist. Did, and Did we? Did we? How? I look, I'm going with it. You're right. Um, because Unsolved so, Mysteries is on Netflix. Oh, I thought you meant Agatha Christie, and I was like... Oh, no. I Sorry, thought, well, I that's... took an intuitive leap. 
There was that series on Prime. No, okay. Yeah, so, um, yes, but now that we are speaking of Netflix, that's where we all watched Poltergeist mm-hmm. at this juncture. Hopefully it's still there when you go to watch yourselves. Also, it's been out for, like, longer than I've been alive, and I'm the oldest person on the show, so, you know, maybe you've seen it before. Um, you've at least seen all the cultural references. Right. If you've seen Scary Movie, yeah. like, what, three? You've seen Poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that might be more Bit of a leap. Than, <laughs> but it's available on Netflix as of this recording date. So uh, let's get to work because there is a lot to discuss here. Um, to break the ice, what weird da- thing did your parents tell you when your pet died? I'm presuming this happened as a small child because yes. if you were an adult and your parents told you a weird thing, then that's double, triple weird. Well, I thought of this question because Carol Ann just happens upon her mom dropping her fucking canary in the toilet. What the shit? Also, why would you flush that down the toilet? I have a lot of parenting questions for this woman, (laughs) but we'll get there in a second. I wouldn't. It's going to clog your pipes. You're going to it's going to fuck up your septic system like Diane. Put the joint down. It was a different time. At pipes were wider because toilets just fl- they flushed no. wantonly. Nobody cared about <laughs> conservation. Just, you know, 10, 50, 1,000 gallons at a time when you flush and the toilet. And not to fine. mention, she flushed before she dropped it. She was, like, holding it dangling after she flushed it. And she was, like, waiting for, like, a miracle to happen. Like, for it to come up and grab the fucking bird out of her hand or something. Did you notice that when it was hanging there, the shadow looked like a shark? Like the shark that hangs no. on the pier in Jaws? Mm-mm. No. Yeah, yeah. It's It's not, like, the most overt thing. It's just funny because, you know the Spielberg carryover here. Um, But I was like, oh, look at that. (laughs) Inside jokes. Um, Okay, so wait, what did your parents tell you then, Mary Kay? Well, I had a pet rabbit, a bunny rabbit, and Mm -hmm. I came back from As opposed to the other kinds of rabbit? Okay, yes. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't like a stew rabbit or an eating rabbit. It was like a cute Easter bunny. (laughs) A white it wasn't a, jack, <laughs> it wasn't a jackrabbit or a hare that was like gigantic was not, and hated you. Did it teach you tales? <laughs> no. Did it wear a little blazer? <laughs> I find, I, it seems like when they live in gardens, they wear little little jackets. So funny you should mention the blazer. Because yes, no. Um, but my mom, it, it ran into the street. And then she, uh. and then I think... Uh, well, okay, so when I was a kid, I came back from my dad's house from the weekend, and I was like, where's my bunny rabbit? And she said, oh, he ran away to be with his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> what was your bunny rabbit's name? Candy. Then a couple years ago, she was like, no, he got hit by a truck. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, just, why would you tell me that now? Just let me live with the lie. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like I realize by now I realize that he died. I don't yeah. need details. Okay. Did y'all have uh, any of those stories? Honestly, I never did because we we weren't. We, my father would always say, every time we wanted a dog or a cat, he'd be like, no, we're not a dog family, or no, we're not a cat family. So we could only have like hermit crabs or like goldfish. <laughs> so like obviously those don't really count to kids as real pets. They're just like an accessory, in a way. Um, but I do remember the movie 
all dogs go to heaven. And my mom being like, no, that's not true. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? She goes, well, animals don't have souls like people do. So they don't go to heaven. They just die. I remember having a meltdown about that as a kid because I went to like with a friend to their evangelical like youth group kind of thing. And uh, my family is Lutheran, but I was going with this friend to this church thing, you know, and I came home and was like, do animals not like dogs don't go to heaven? And my dad, who's a pastor, was like, that, no. And I was like, no, they they don't. He said, no, no, I mean, that's not true. Mm -hmm. I was like, so they have souls. And he was like, sure. I said, so they go to heaven? He was like, I think so. And that, for my dad, is like a really touching moment. And that's exactly how he said all of that, with exactly that much inflection. But for my dad, that's a very touching moment where I'm pretty sure he lied through his teeth about Lutheran theology because Mm -hmm. his small child was terrified that her dog was going to burn in hell. Right. But, like, really quick, I just want to say that I do think animals do have souls because, and I'll tell you my theory really fast, uh-huh. because I think animals, even though they can't communicate it, they do have a sense of, like, self-awareness because, like, when they dream, you see them dreaming. They could be dreaming all kinds of weird shit. They could be dreaming that I'm trying to, like, fucking gun them down or that they're chasing a bunny rabbit, and when they wake up, they realize, oh, wait, that's not actually happening. That didn't happen, and they could like make a judgment on that. So I think they do have some kind of, I don't know if you want to call it a soul or some kind of reasoning that's just because they can't. Oh, I, I know my dog has some degree of like logical capability. I told you all about the time with the toy basket. Right. Yeah. Like he's, I, mm, I'm not comfortable with the level of logic he can access. <laughs> I want my dogs dumb and happy. I want them, I don't want them trying to outsmart me. <laughs> uh, I didn't have any, I didn't, my parents never told us anything like that. Like if our pets died, they told us they died. Um, but one time my cat had kittens and one of them was sickly always, like it was born sickly and it died. Oh. And we buried it in the backyard and did the whole little funeral thing. I must've been like eight or nine at the time. And um, later my brother and the next door neighbor kid who was his best friend, they're like the same age. They dug it up and left a ransom note for its corpse. Oh, what? Why? I have no idea. If you were to ask either of those people today, like, what could possibly have been going through your head? So now they're psychopaths and they probably kill small animals now. That's the way I heard it. <laughs> you know, what's funny is, like, my brother is a big animal person. Like, he's, you know, he his, his relationship with his dog for the past 10 years was, like, Honestly, I was like, man, I, I don't care if any man ever loves me again. If I ever had a, like that like special of a relationship with a dog, I would feel like almost more honored because, you know. Because dogs mm-hmm. are worth 10 of most people. Yeah, yep. exactly. Facts. Um, also, that dog was dope as shit. He was gigantic. And yeah, I'm not so even sweet. a dog person. And I believe, I mean, I'm not an animal person, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You don't I mean, think you're not a dog person. The supreme pet, yeah. of course, but. Well, I have cats too, so. I have cats. They're good for different things. You know, that's why best friend is a tear, right? Because you need different friends for different moments in your life and different stuff. And that's how I feel about my pets. But yeah, that that whole experience, like they didn't understand at the time, like why we were so upset that they did that, which makes me think that, that, no, they were reenacting something they saw from a movie or whatever. They couldn't have been more than six or seven. They didn't get it either. Okay. Um, But oh my God. 
Like they just did not understand why we were so horrified that they dug up this shoebox with a dead kitten in it and hid Gross. it from us. It's a good thing my brother doesn't watch horror movies, so he doesn't listen to this show. I think he would probably not be super thrilled that I shared that. Well, if but, he doesn't want people to dig up his bones, he should have been acting better. I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> Mark. Yeah, that was a really fun note to end on. I think it's a real boost to everyone's mood, everyone's <laughs> ego, everyone's feelings. Poltergeist. We, we're all we're referencing. Well, we're referencing all this pet stuff and whatever because Poltergeist opens with this. Um, this moment uh, in which the, the one of the, the family pet, I guess, well, no, they have the dog too. Mm-hmm. One of the family pets has passed and mom is very pragmatic about it because it's a bird. They don't live forever. But then they have to take a moment to observe proper solemnity for the bird. Yeah, because, but only because she got caught trying to flush it. Well, we can, we'll get to this when we talk about some like story kind of stuff. But by the time I got to the end of the movie, I was like, oh, that was so smart and cool. That was such a great way to open this. There's a lot of good stuff in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, there are a lot of things about it that are like, yeah, hell yes. The thing that stood out to me the absolute most is that the men in this movie are useless. Mm-hmm. And the women are some of the most fun I've had with women characters in a, in a, in a minute. Like, and this was, yeah. you know, almost 40 years ago now. I just need to say how... Zelda Rubenstein is a fucking force of nature. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. when she comes on screen, she is just so captivating. Yeah. Truly. I was like, oh my God, look at this Southern woman with a surprising voice who comes in and takes names. I wonder if Mary Kay will identify with any of that. I actually can't hear that your voice is anything of anything anymore mm-hmm. like when i went to the convention and other people reacted to it i was like oh yeah she has a really cool voice i forgot i brag about it so often here Thank you, baby anytime Rachel. like you come up in conversation i'm like oh my god not only is she brilliant you have to hear her voice her voice is a lot higher pitched than mine though well she is a little person so that makes a right. lot of sense mm-hmm. but i think that but still even with the pitch it is a more believable Southern accent than Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> than just about anyone. Oomph, than just oomph, about oomph. anyone. You can, it sounds real to me. So a fascinating thing about this actress, uh, Zelda Rubenstein. So she was not an actress. She was a, a medical technician, like a lab technician. Hmm. And in her forties, she kind of woke up one day and thought, well, if I don't do something creative, I'll just die. So she quit <laughs> and became an actress. That's amazing. And this was, this was her breakout role and the role she was best known for throughout her life because she's, she continued to perform in, in later sequels. Right. Also, she was um, widely, it was widely understood. Anyone who knew her knew, oh yeah, she's like a medium or something. Like She has mm. some kind of weird connection to the other world. I don't remember off the top of my head the order of these events, um, but I know in one in the course of one poltergeist movie, she had a moment where she saw like the shade of her dog run up to her and then run like run up to her and interact with him and run away as if it were saying goodbye. And sure enough, she got a call just a couple minutes later from her mom that her dog had passed. Mm. Um, so I think that was on the first movie. And then on a later filming date... She didn't get a call um, from her mom saying her dog had run away with his girlfriend? <laughs> wow, I hope not. I was he buried like the- in a cigar box with a, half a stick of licorice? Because that... Those don't go together. I just, you know, also, why are any children eating licorice? Nasty ass shit. So she, uh, <laughs> she knew her dog died. And then on another filming date, there was a moment where 
in like in filming she like lurched it looks as if like something had hit her or something like something had happened to her to the point that the director was asking are you okay are you okay she said she was okay um but a couple seconds later someone pulled him aside to say hey we just got a call her mom died she's gonna have to be released from the rest of shooting oh. and she felt and she knew she said later she was like i said i was fine because physically i was fine but i i knew that was the only thing it could be um which is wild right and she's just the gravitas, the like, oh my God. She got big dick energy. She does, and for sure. Huge. I, I was watching this with Chase and um, I, when she came on stage, I looked at him and he was, listeners, I'm going to have them describe my expression to you. He was like this. His jaw was on the floor. He was blinking like there was no <laughs> lights to, on upstairs. We're just going to share that picture of you where, from you and me in the photo booth where you're doing your, be- yeah, your yeah, beautiful yeah, yeah. like silent film star look. Yeah, yeah that works. It was That's very much like that. And I was like, what's the matter? And he was like, I'm just trying to figure out this lady. <laughs> like, I'm, just, I'm just trying so to figure on, her out. She's very captivating. Of- on top she of becoming is. an actress and, and turning in these incredibly fascinating performances, she was a huge uh, activist, both for um, inclusion and opportunities and respect for little people, but also for AIDS. She was a very early and vocal figure in uh, the the movement to even just fucking rec- at that point, just fucking recognize, acknowledge that it was fucking happening. Right. And, um, you know, push for, for treatment, push for... Um, for research, push for just basic humanity for people that were suffering. So, um, so yeah, she was really vocal, and it probably cost her work. And she was like, "Okay, yeah, good, fine. I don't want to work with her anyway." I'm sorry, our culture did not learn from your efforts. <laughs> she, uh, yeah, she, total badass. As soon as as soon as she came on screen and started talking, I was like, "I'm glad we watched this." I'm, I'm, I feel like. If this were the only good thing about this movie, I would still be so glad I watched it for her. But it isn't the only good thing. I mean, okay, Rachel, you got some stuff on here. Come at me, come at me, come at me. I got some stuff on here. You mean like the couple goals? Yeah, tell me about it. Yes, okay. So, all right, you got this like the classic horror movie setup with the domestic bliss. Everyone loves everyone. They're a happy, fun, loving family. They have this beautiful nighttime routine of tucking them in and there she's saying I love you I love you good night as if she's saying goodbye which was kind of weird like um, and then she goes into the room and she starts rolling a joint and then her husband who's there just chilling he's like oh here take this like take this box of more weed to roll more <laughs> joints and then let me like pretend like I'm gonna do a dive like I did back in the day and it was just hashtag couple goals and then he he gets up into the mirror and shows like what his body used to look like when he was diving and then like push it out to his and like I'm just I'm I'm just here for this movie for the dad bod. I'm here for <laughs> her incredible body after having three children. Hot damn is she hot as hell. And he says she's 32. How the hell are you going to look how the hell are you going to be 32 looking like that? You hot as all hell. And then I you don't. got a husband. I'm just with turned 32. Night. I do not look like that. I cannot tumble across the ceiling like that. I don't <laughs> I know. She flashed her booty like so many times. I was like, girl, you better put that away. You better put it away. <laughs> but I'm also here for the dad bod. Like that, mm, 
That was nice, too. Wait, I have a question about for real, though. How did Diane tumble across the ceiling like that? Well, Because gravity seen... works on me as a 32-year-old. <laughs> I've Gravity's seen other... happening. I've seen in other movies where they have like a setup. It's like a like a fake room like with these like four walls and it's on like a like a treadmill kind of thing and it kind of rotates. Oh, interesting. You know? So like even though she's like basically on the quote unquote ground, the thing that she's on the vehicle is is moving. So it looks like she's going on to the ceiling. I've, I've seen so, it in some. I, don't, I have I no idea how they... That, but then her hair is going all around. Oh, interesting. With the, I have, I I have no idea how they actually did it. My guess, based on what I saw, would be just like a, a rig. You know, like they, she... Mm-hmm. They're, they're pulling her on cables we just can't see. Oh, but okay. I, I really don't know. I really don't know. Um, and that's, you know, when you've got Spielberg on your project, that's when you get some pretty cool... These... He's always been a big fan of and done and of practical effects and executed them really well, which would be like a yeah. The practical effects in this in movie room. are really cool. The yeah. visual effects, however, Less so. and this was nominated for an Academy Award for special effects. So I, you know, this is definitely a thing that has not aged well. But of course, no special effects really right do um, makes sense. Um, but I agree that the practical effects, in particular, are really compelling. Like like the oil. light, the light work. With the strobe mm. and oh, the Oh, yeah, static. this whole movie Very needs, cool. like, a flash warning. The mm-hmm. ectoplasm, however, did not look authentic to me. Wait, what ectoplasm? Well, which, which how much authentic ectoplasm have you personally experienced, <laughs> oh, Mary Oh, I have that all the time. <laughs> Wait, what part, what part are you referring to? Okay, so there's two parts where I was like, what the fuck is that shit? When it, when it like, splooges out of the screen and the wormhole... Oh, and then also and then, like, when they when the when the wormhole like shits them out or births them, and they're like covered in it, and they're covered in like strawberry jello pudding. Yeah, no, fuck that. I was. I not call that ectoplasm. That. It's I like called them, ghost I call that afterbirth. Yeah, that look. I I felt like I thought of it more as afterbirth, especially because with all of the like mom and child. Mm-hmm. Um, like thematic elements. Yeah, and not. It to seems to me that, like she had to to like like enter the darkness and be reborn again too and right. i was like oh yeah that's just all their placenta and shit yeah I mean, and that, it definitely mention is, the wormhole, yeah, i see that the, the wormhole, wormhole placenta, looked like yeah. it looked like a vagina and then like the thing For coming sure. out of it looked like but an yellow cord yes yeah i was mm-mm, no wait it's not supposed to be yellow girl that's not funny <laughs> it's like gray oh <laughs> um, uh, like that Mary makes Kay sense. knew I was joking, and she still made this horrified face. Like, wait, what? No, <laughs> no. This, this shit ain't funny, motherfuckers. It um, kind of <laughs> also looked like a tapeworm too. Ew. Well, oh, that makes me want to. Ooh, drink. speaking of cool practical effects, the steak. The yes. cancer <laughs> steak. Oh, god! The crawl. The crawling was bad enough. I was like, no, thank you. And then when it just became cancerous out of nowhere. Yeah, that was and his very face much pulls like off. the thing. They, was, they wasted a lot of prime cuts on that one segment, I think. Ooh, oh, my goodness. Because you had the T-bone, and then you had the chicken cutlets falling into the sink. Oh, oh, you're trying to make me vomit now. Yeah. Actually, that mostly just made me hungry. I'd like a steak now. With maggots <laughs> on it? So, wait, what were, your, what were your parenting questions then, Mary Kay? You said you had <laughs> concerns. 
Well, she is just like not great at the whole mom thing. What? It she had to, to me. Are you kidding? She has a good relationship with her teenage daughter. That is like mom on level 1000 if your teenage daughter actually likes talking to you. Yeah, but then when shit goes down, she put Robbie in a cab. And she was like, call me, okay? What, bitch? He's seven. She was laughing when those construction workers were like, like yeah. sexually harassing her 16-year-old daughter. And then she, she like did half the Macarena and, like, and then flipped them off. And she's just yeah. like, oh, kids. I, I thought that she was laughing because her because of the flip-off. I thought she was oh. laughing because she was like, yeah, look at her go. She's so smart. Also, chronologically, just just backstory, I just I want to throw this out there. Um, when they're doing the interview, the initial interview with the ghost-busting team, mm-hmm. um, Stephen says that his, do- his wife is 32 and his daughter is, is 16. Des later clarified somewhere in canon, I can't remember if it's the novelization or if it's in sequels, that that's his, his daughter from a first marriage. Mm-hmm. Which might, on the one hand, could either explain or make it all the more shocking that they get along so well, I feel like. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. Okay. But regardless, if anyone like has watched or currently watching Dragon Ball Z, I felt like she was like the, the Goku of moms. She's just like, <laughs> bitch, just hand it off to Piccolo already. So the half Macarena flip-off thing. and That then... was cute. <laughs> that was cute. And She's, I, I wasn't I wasn't that badass at 16. At 16, I saw a construction site, and I was like, God damn it, just run. And then also, and I would like to quote Trace here, because it was just so funny to see him outraged. He said, is this mom going to have any intervention in these kids' wildness? Is she going to stand there and hold that plate of toaster waffles? <laughs> They were being fine. They were being. She called youths. him a jerk off, a seven year old. Not cool. That's hilarious. No, not cool. That's hilarious. Also, they have a big ass mess under the bed for having just moved in that house. Oh my god, that part was the that was the part that behooved me the most about this movie. Behooved what? Yes. How? Behooved, like the thing that bothered me the most. Like like the fact that they got kidnapped by a tree, that's not even the part that behooved me. The part that behooved me was that how long the scene lasted when things were coming out from under I think the you bed. Mean... I'm like, oh my God, how much fucking glitter and junk do they have? <laughs> I would like to offer up some synonyms for behooved. <laughs> It's like bothered. The thing that bothered me the most. It is not. So I just looked it up too to make sure I wasn't like losing it. Here's the thing. If it were more literal, like if it were like it behooved me, like it put a hoof upon me. It's mm-hmm. so. It does that not would be sound accurate like here. That means. would work here. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but that's why I was asking at first. I was like, wait, did I really misinterpret her shit on the time and the outline? Oh my god. Like, but yes, I understand what you mean though. That that like that doesn't make sense like I moved every five minutes growing up and Same. as much shit as I ended up under my bed it didn't look like that the second we moved in oh my that god was like, that was like a five ten minute scene of just literal <laughs> shit flying across the room did you see yeah. how clean that room was did you see how clean yeah. that mom is oh you better push in your chair oh but you're gonna have like ten weeks of garbage under your bed that I don't <laughs> know about fuck out of here to be fair, I feel like that is something that I would have done at that age. Just been like, yep, the room's clean. I definitely did that. <laughs> the room's clean. But even see, still, like, the clouds of glitter. You're so little that you can't push it all the way 
under the bed. <laughs> so you kind of have like a periphery of bullshit, <laughs> around, bullshit around the side. That's what came out from under the bed was bullshit. You know what's funny is I, ju- I was just talking to my sister-in-law about how as a little kid, I loved rearranging my room. So at like seven and eight, I was like dragging my whole ass furniture <laughs> into different positions. Like, because I was... <laughs> I was you know what you should have done is got you a wormhole and then you wouldn't have to be doing all that. (laughs) (laughs) It would do it for you. The vagina wormhole. The vagina wormhole will rearrange your room. No problem. (laughs) Yeah, no, I just, I preferred having muscles to a wormhole, I guess, was my thing. The vagina is a muscle. It, or serious. The, wor- the wormhole one seems to be something entirely different, Listen, to be fair. Listen, it's not the size of the vessel. It's the motion of the ocean, honey. This this vagina metaphor is really <laughs> getting it's getting away from us. Should, so we liked the vagina. What didn't work for us? <laughs> okay. Um, well, first of all... <laughs> the tree. Please do not take the absolute monster that is Jo Beth Williams, which is the one who played Diane in this movie. She's... Mm-hmm. Great performance. We we were just talking about her, you know, rocking out. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, just you know, <laughs> just the oomph, you know, like oomph, as the movie yeah. progresses, when she's like, mm-hmm. "No, I'm not leaving here. No, I mean, I'm the one that goes in the wormhole, not either of you fuckers." Like, right. she, she so, is a good um, mom. I think it just startled me in the beginning, where she yeah. was just like listening to those kids bicker and not intervening, but. Yeah, You're right. that's really she, she a joy. Through. She is fundamentally like she got a couple things she could work on, but like who don't? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? I agree with you. She does hold and it it's, down. You're and right. it's some surface. It's some surface level shit. You know, like it totally is. They can. Uh, oh, what, is it going to matter in twenty years that they insulted each other at the breakfast table? Or Actually, that there was prob- a Twizzler in that cigar box coffin? I mean, who really? Gives I mean, a shit? <laughs> to be fair, I do think that the last time my family was all together, my brother did have a meltdown about something he thought we said like 20, 30 years ago, but okay. So yeah, maybe she should work on that. I feel what? like you're proving my argument. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Thing. Okay. That's what I'm saying there. But these kids also seem a lot more mentally stable than I am. So, you know, who knows? What you should not do to the real ass human who is pretending to be either a good or bad mom, we can't tell, is put her in a dugout pool full of actual corpses. Ew, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. skeletons, those skeletons in the pool? Yeah. Those were real human skeletons. They did not tell Jo Beth Williams until after the scene had been shot. Then what is the point? How did they get the... How? How? I have a lot of questions. So many questions. How did they I do mean, that? How did they pull that off? People donate bodies to things. Okay. I'd rather be mummified than have my corpse in a dugout swimming pool for... Are you kidding? Can you imagine telling your kids, like, look, there's grandma. You want to get your organs right, put in, like, point. gold vases? <laughs> Um, but what I want to know is like, how, how do you not know, how do you not pick up on that? It's like actual real bodies. Cause won't they have a smell? Won't they have some kind of tell? A skeleton? Uh, not when they're that decomposed. I don't think. Yeah. It was just a skeleton. It's a, it's a fully cleaned and reassembled oh, skeleton. Okay. Okay, okay. That's not that freaky then. No, um, it's just that they didn't, they okay. didn't tell her because they thought they, they recognized Greatly, that people might be uncomfortable, like playing make believe with a punch of like actual human bodies that might feel disrespectful, and that is what led to the uh, what many people call the poltergeist curse. Mm-hmm. We will discuss this at length in so a minute because me, dear God. 
so, but really quick, can we just imagine if you're the actress and if you knew and you didn't tell anybody that you knew that they were real corpses and you're like, yeah, like in your mind, you're like, yeah, I fuck with this shit. Like the power, the power of a woman like that to be like, yeah, I'm about to like play around with some real ass corpses. You know what? Shit, I'm down. Yeah, I, I'm, I was more stuck on the concern about the like exploitative nature of the men in power just being like, well, we won't tell her, so she'll do it. Oh, yeah, right, 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 it, right, right, it's right. like it, they are doing what the useless men in the movie are doing. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I did a, as I rewatched it. I thought, you know, so like Stephen, the dad, um, a young Craig T. Nelson who was not not working for me. Um, <laughs> was uh it wasn't that he was he wasn't a bad dad it's he wasn't bad at his job there was nothing bad or wrong inherently about him it's just that um well he's just not as good as the women no this is it's a movie that just centers the women there are moments where he is really necessary he's the one that knows about the cemeteries and like knows like we need to get all the way out of here we can't just move to a different house. like he has information that's valuable that's true he's, he's not totally useless a, mr teague oh, though all he did is put his face in his hands mm-hmm. like he just you know he uh he's a, clearly a loving dad and a loving husband right. and he's been providing for them very well and stuff and once he knows that something unethical is happening he gets his i mean it would be better if he spoke up about it but he gets his whole shit out of there quits the mm-hmm. job gets out everything um it's just that this story chooses instead of focusing on how he very masculinely provides a bunch of muscle to the story mm-hmm. to focus on how mom on how Diane uses that connection that like these these qualities that we associate with women and maternal nature to yeah to uh, to save the family so I appreciated that but I did not appreciate that the um, respect for this character and for this actual living woman did not seem to extend to, hey, this might be like against every single thing you believe, so you don't have to do it. We can figure it out. They just, honestly, they did it. They, real talk, they did it because getting fake skeletons was more expensive. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So, but, so you're saying bummer. that you wouldn't like float in a mud pool with real skeletons? You wouldn't do that? Is that just me? I would feel... I don't know how I'd feel about it until it's happening, to be fair, but I, I also think that I, I would trust that those skeletons have been sourced ethically, like from people who actually donated their bodies to do these kinds of things, as opposed to, like, grave robbing. Or right. just disinterred, like they did in the movie. Or right. really so I, not disinterred, I guess. Right. So I just feel I, like that would be such like a like a on another level experience. Like I would have loved to have been in that dirt muddy pool with some real ass skeletons and see how I feel later on. I am not surprised at all. No, it, I think it depends on your your personal beliefs, your religion. It depends on your background. Mm-hmm. It depends, you know, like it would depend on a lot of things. I think it's just the choice she deserved to make. I I agree, agree. with that. I agree. And I have a series of things that also bummed me out regarding the trope of being on a burial ground. Um, Mary with all the hands right now. And I was like, can she not hear me or is she? <laughs> I was <laughs> gesturing for you because I didn't want to talk over you. Oh, by by being you. like, yes, yes, yes. Okay, cool. When 
Teague and Steven are having that conversation about developing a new, um, what is, uh, phase, a new phase of the neighborhood. And Steven is like, there's already a graveyard there. And Teague is like, we'll move it just like we moved it for this neighborhood. And he's like, that ain't right. And then later he's like, you moved the headstones, but you didn't move the bodies. That's so half-ass, number one. Um, number two, when he says that, Teague is like, well, it's not like it's a native burial ground. It's not like uh, they're going to curse us there. And this is a quote, wait, it's just people. Yeah, it's not like it's the kind of people who are mysterious and inscrutable and can curse us. It's normal people. It's actual people. Wow, that's fucking racist, bro. It is. It totally so, is. And I still one, don't like that it's that trope also. Because if yeah. it's that trope, it's not a poltergeist, is it? And they say this within the movie. She describes a poltergeist as attached to a person, a haunting is attached to a place. This is definitely the place. The place is the issue. Definitely, yes. Why did you call it the movie this because that's the only time it's really just no one else calls it a poltergeist in the movie they realize immediately it's not a poltergeist so why did you title the movie poltergeist no one made you call it haunting it's the like haunting. when they named a it haunting. evil dead uh it's not evil and it's not dead yeah so no this is not a poltergeist so no also yeah it's evil dead is a whole other i mean is that a great title for a movie sure that's just not what's... It's not what's happening, though. Not really, no. No. Also, we've done whole episodes about how, like, who even knows what's happening there. It's just fun to watch, but, like, you know. So, so not a poltergeist, and you were right. And why? Okay. It's just a, mar- it's just a marketing thing, right? It is. Poltergeist is a great title. Mm-hmm. That's it true. should have been a band name, I think. That would have been a little bit more... A band name? Mmm, I like it. I don't know. I think swimming with skeletons. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I that Rachel, that would be the album cover name. Rachel, um, that's that's the first album by Poltergeist. Swimming with skeletons. <laughs> yeah. Skele- Uno skeletons pool. Mm. Okay. Nice. That's um, one of the. I would invest in that. The other non sequiturs that happened that just came so fucking out of nowhere that they're funny now is the dead tree reaching in to the window and slurping Robbie down. Yeah, the fucking, like, tree people. The only, the first time I ever got, like, really drunk in college, my friends brought me back <laughs> and they were so concerned about me because I was, like, not responsive. I was fine. They gave me Gatorade and crackers and shit. And then they thought, like... One of our good friends is the biggest troll. They brought him in, and he's in there with everyone saying, Rachel, the tree people are coming. The tree people are coming. And I was like, they're coming They're coming to the party? <laughs> I can't wait. Rachel, you had some bomb parties in college. I was in grad school, and I went to them. Listen, one time... I don't celebrate my birthday like that, but I celebrate Halloween like that. So we all went to the Rocky Horror, which doesn't start till 12 a.m. So it's like, what, like an hour and a half, two hour movie. So my party afterwards, the after party didn't start till like two o'clock, three, 
three o'clock and these people still came and that's when yeah. Mary Kay taught me to wall twerk. It was a different time. <laughs> it was a different time. I forgot about that. Maybe I can roll around like Diane. I forgot about wall twerking. Mm-hmm. I do remember being drunk one time and trying to cartwheel into a wall twerk. It did not work. What? But I do remember being young enough that I tried it. Um, yes. I believe in that. So the tree just comes in and snatches Robbie up. With no, no. What precedent. you said before was more accurate. He slurped. <laughs> he did. He slurped him up, and <laughs> it just went to eleven like so fast. We we're I like know. sliding down the kitchen floor, and then what? I had a similar feeling about that first act. That like the setup was all good, all valuable, and then we went from like things shake on the counter to like tree abduction. Yeah, slurp abduction. No, nope, I'm, I'm not saying any of those words in that order. <laughs> I told my roommate I was watching this for the first time. And I was like, so far this movie is wild. I mean, you got TV people. You got tree people, like kidnapping tree people. You got tornadoes. You got creepy clowns. This movie wildin'. It is. And if you like the concept of TV people, I would like to recommend the short story by Haruki Murakami. The TV Oh, people, I love him. Which is super spooky and really fleshes out that concept. Which also the, the I just feel like the, the beginning of the movie with Carol Ann and her white blonde hair with her idiot bangs haircut. <laughs> just like waking up to white noise and crawling towards the TV from the middle of her parents' bed. That's scary. That's the scariest part in yeah. the movie. I mean, she's a super cute kid. But she super, does have like, idiot bangs because it's the 80s. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, yeah. Those no, like I felt... Her, heard that angelic... And it's a good performance for a kid that it young. Is. Yeah. yeah. I was bought all the way in. She was fantastic. I did have questions about what, like, what started all of this? Because they've been living there for more than a couple minutes. Right. It's not like they moved in and immediately the, the, the... Why their house? Why not Ben's? Exactly. There's other people living in the neighborhood. And so as I rewatched it, I was like, is it that they're digging the pool? Mm. And the pool goes deeper than their foundation. So now they're actually digging into the like grace. disinterring. Yeah. 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 That so is that's what I think happens. I can think of. Yeah. But so what the, I thought... it's either the starting the pool or for whatever reason, maybe the, maybe the TV people have been talking all the time. And this is the first, like, this is, we just get to jump in at the moment that Carol Ann, like, really connects with them best. Right. But I didn't feel like there was a moment where I was like, and this is why we're stuck in this situation. I was like, wait, what? And the thing right. that I felt was like really interesting about why them was that, so not only did they live in this environment where all of the houses look exactly the same, very cookie cutter, and they're going through these different phases. He's like, well, you, at a certain point, you won't see the difference between phase one, two, three, or even four. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the thing that I felt was so creepy was that it could have been any one of those houses. It could have been any one of them. It just happened to be theirs. So when they went to their neighbor, they were like, um, so anything like weird happening with you guys? No? Okay, cool. Like it could it could have been any one of those any of those houses. They were all the same with the same kind of people living in them, but it just happened to be theirs. 
I don't, and the thing is, I don't, that, that was my question was like, if it could be anyone, then how, how do you tell it? Like, you need to tell us that. Like, we need to know that mm-hmm. part of the horror here is that it's random as opposed to mm-hmm. the horror being personalized, especially because mm-hmm. later you're going to make a big deal about whether the horror is location-based or person-based. Right. So we, it, it, it helps with our like investment and our, and our clarity to then like worry about the right stuff. Right. If we know like why this is happening and not that we have to know everything off the bat, just that if we know, but if there is like some reason to question in any given direction, as opposed to just being like, wait, what? Right. Then it, it gives some, some kind of shape. You can be more suspenseful if I have something to expect. If I'm not expecting anything, where's the suspense? Yeah. Right. Things are just going to jump out sometimes. So, Like the clown, for instance. Oh, can we talk about the clown for just a quick second? Like, what, what was that fake out? Like, first of all, we saw from the beginning, the kid at night, he's freaked out by it. He covers the face. He's scared. So then when they're packing up, getting ready to leave, and they get to keep, like, one last thing for their last night there, why does he have the fucking clown? He's afraid of it. Why is it there? I think there are plenty of things I like in the daylight that I would not like after dark. So my stepsister had a, like, a baby doll. Not a baby doll, but, like, one of those porcelain dolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has a soft body, but it's not really a toy. And it was a nun what the uh, fuck? Uh, it was uh, a gift, and she no, was terrified of it. Not. So my dad, when she went to sleep, would put it in the bed next to her. My dad did so the same shit. So she would shit. wake up same. screaming. And I feel like that's maybe why the clown is in Robbie's room, because the parents got stoned and put it Thought in it was that. funny. That was funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny. That's so that's it so crazy that you say that because my my dad did the same shit. There was like this crazy old old like from like the forties or fifties. This style of Santa Claus that's super. If I showed you a picture, dude, it's so fucking scary. And my dad thought it was so funny how I was so afraid of it. <laughs> so I would come home from school and it would be like in my bed, tucked in my bed, or he would have it in like my bathroom that was attached to my bedroom and. Oh my god. That shit's not funny. It is funny though, that's the thing. To him. No, it, yeah, and however, when Steven is scared of the TV, he just pushes it out onto the balcony and we're all supposed to be like, womp womp, Steven. Mm-hmm. I hated Which, that ending. I mean. At the very end. Why? I don't know, it was just like, We've like been too obvious. This. That's not the point of it. Yeah. Oh right, 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 right. Well, at the very least, it seems like Carol Ann was special. Like what I gathered yeah. from this story that at some points works very well, and at some points clearly leaves us some big old gaps to swim through. Um, was that somehow Carol Ann was special? In fact, uh, I think Tangina says that mm-hmm. that there's something mm-hmm. unique about about Carol Ann, but. Um, so yeah, so like just removing the TV so they can't get to her. Yeah. Fair, fair. I mean. Okay, I didn't think of it like that. I think the most terrifying part of this movie was in the beginning when she like there's like the flashing happening. She's on her parents' bed crawling towards the TV. If I were to ever see a strange white blonde 
child I don't know crawling with towards idiot me. With bangs. With any kind of bangs, I'm terrified. <laughs> like, get no, get the fuck away from me. Uh, no. Uh-uh, so in, not today, in, Satan. In your version of this horror movie, you are the disinterred spirit and you are <laughs> victimized TV. you are calling to a child but then victimized by the one that not calling up. to the if i see a child crawling towards me oh get away get away i'm not calling you towards me go go away please i mean i agree that the disinterred spirits are are victims in this scenario just that um i don't feel like carol ann is the <laughs> I'm but just saying, when right, I saw right. that, I got nervous. Like, as I was watching, I was like, oh, God, I see this child, like, crawling, like, mm-hmm. towards me. It's making me very uncomfortable. Okay. Well, speaking of Carol Ann, um, or Heather O'Rourke, right? Mm-hmm. Actress's name. We mentioned the poltergeist curse earlier. So it is kind of lore, urban legend, what have you, that this movie is cursed because they use those real skeletons. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So Heather O'Rourke passed when she was 12, Oh my god, really? Um, Why? She starred in the next couple of Poltergeist movies, but she um, she died of a bowel obstruction. Um, oh my god. Yeah, so she had a, a Crohn's disease, so she had she was living with a chronic illness to begin with, but um, the actual obstruction that ended her life, her, her mom still maintains that it was a misdiagnosis, that the, um, mm. the doctors dealing with her diagnosed her poorly and that they could have caught the obstruction and, and addressed it in time. Um, so that's Heather O'Rourke. I have no one. idea of that. Now I feel bad about making fun of her hair. Although I know she was well, like five and couldn't. She was a small child. I don't think she picked her. She's probably she laughing. She's probably laughing in heaven right now about it. Like, I yeah, those were idiot things. Wow. Yeah, and then, well, and then Dominique Dunn, the actress who played the oldest sister. Yeah, Dana. Um, Dana, she uh, passed when she was 22. Wow. Um, her boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, I think most accurately, murdered her. Whoa. On the front lawn of her apartment complex. Fuck. Whoa. Don't like that. So Heather Uh O'Rourke and Dominique Dunn are now buried in the same cemetery, actually. Interesting. Um, So there is some... And like I said, you know, um, um, Zelda Rubenstein had a few... uh, Tragic events occur in the course of her filming experience there. So there's, there's some legend that that disrespectful interaction with these with these skeletons is the reason that the production uh, became cursed. Um, I don't think they were the only deaths or the only suspicious events, just that, you know, those are the two that stand out the most prominently. Yeah, because they're um, children. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean... Or, I mean, 22 is not technically a kid. Well, no, but at the time, that she, still, at the time that she filmed this, she was very young, young. Yeah. Um, and she... Uh, this was, yeah, this is her only feature film role because she died so young. Um, there's also the kind of mysterious question of Spielberg's involvement in this. Mm. So most of the cast and crew has said like, oh yeah, no, it, Tobe Hooper directed it. He was the director. Spielberg was a very active producer. He was around a lot, but you know, mm-hmm. but that is not, not everyone agrees with that. And the people who disagree, disagree really emphatically that like, Spielberg directed this. Toe Pooper was just there to have someone there. Um, Zelda Rubenstein, in fact, actually said that she was like, mm, no. No, Spielberg directed this. Toe Pooper was, this is not the exact language she used, but it's basically Toe Pooper was too um, drugged up to be doing anything anyway. She said it much more diplomatically than I just said it, but that was the sentiment. Um, 
so yeah, so there's a lot of kind of like rumor or mystery around how much of the pre-production work either of them did, who really deserved the credit. But Spielberg couldn't be credited as the director of this because he was currently under contract for E.T. and he wasn't allowed to direct anything until oh. E.T. was done. And E.T. filmed immediately after this. It had gotten delayed. Oh. So, so he, so Tobe Hooper directed this. And Spielberg himself has been, you know, mad classy about it. Like, released a whole, like, hey, like I, certain comments I've made have led to a real misunderstanding about this. I'm sorry about that. He's professional. He was wonderful. We had a great working relationship. I challenge anyone to look at that scene where Dr. Lesh is explaining her, her conception of where ghosts and the afterlife fit into mm-hmm. the world. And look at that, like the lighting across her eyes. Listen to that score. Like, look at the way all of that fits together. T- tell me, tell me that wasn't a Spielberg like I don't know man I don't know man so anyway it's uh, terrifying and cursed and what and (laughs) And all of that the the score is really beautiful though and it reminds me of it kind of it won an Oscar it also got some pushback in that it didn't seem scary enough yeah because it was was mostly like kids music which made it even scarier it kind of reminded me of like an adventure movie score Mm mhm it was like really lush and like really romantic sounding and I wasn't mad at that I just thought it was a good score and I mentioned the setup earlier the fact that like we take that time to note that even for something as simple and small as a bird we take time to observe its passing yeah, we, 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 we crave that solemnity about it but um, she wasn't going to do that un- until she got caught trying to flush true. it she well, was going to think because it's 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 um Carol Ann's innocence, right? It's her mm-hmm. it's her perspective on on what this means, right? And like um setting up that they this family is close and they have good relationships with yeah, one another. Clearly. Yeah. So that when we get to the moment where she says, "No, I'm going in." Mm-hmm. We're like, "That makes sense. You should do that." Mm-hmm. Um but there there's just so many oh, the little setup about property, right? So they've just moved into this house and he has a whole fucking nine rounds with the neighbor over how their remotes can control each other's TVs. That's hilarious, by the mm-hmm. way. It's so funny. And it reminds us that, like, if something is ours, we don't want it taken. Mm-hmm. We expect like autonomy and agency and we expect ownership as a basic right. Right. Um, so all, all these little things plant for these moments later that we're going to find, you know, led to all of this haunting in the first place. So I really appreciated a lot of that stuff and the way it all fit together, you know. Yeah, this movie was wild to me. And I think that um, we've all seen, you know, like TV shows and movies that reference this movie because it's so classic. So there's like Scary Movie 3. I believe it's 3. And even there's that Family Guy episode that's like the, probably one of the most popular the Family Guy episodes where they kind of recreate it with Stewie being like, they're here. And so I just always <laughs> felt like these are, this is like one of those movies I never felt compelled to watch because I felt like after all of these numerous cultural references, I know it well enough that I don't have to watch the actual movie. And then I watched it and I was like, this is a wild ride. I've been missing out. You got TV people, kidnapping tree people, creepy clowns, tornadoes. Oh my. For real. 
so much happens in this movie. Like real ass skeletons. Come on. Oh, that and that scene where she's explained that one I just mentioned where Dr. Lush is explaining like how she sees ghosts to the after. I was like, I am so invested in every single word that is coming out of every single yeah. person's mouth right yeah. now. This is beautifully shot. It is so compelling. And yeah. talk about a movie that passes your Bechdel test. Like this is entirely yeah. about like women talk to one another about their professions. They talk to one another about their relationships that have nothing to do with romance. Like it, mm-hmm. and because you set up for us that this couple is close and they do care about each yeah. other and their connection is very solid. It you know, who cares if they ever talk about whether their relationship is meaningful or not? Right. We already know. We saw it. It's good. We saw it. Yeah. Like mhm mhm and like I would I would love to have a good relationship with a dude who could like afford to put me in a little McMansion on a graveyard. I mean, I don't this want was, that all this, to happen in that way. But like, <laughs> a dude who could afford it, like, that sounds good. This was solid storytelling. Mm-hmm. I was captivated the whole time through. And then that beautiful moment where they see, like, the thing on the staircase. Bro. Mm, yeah. Oh, that was so pretty. It's very pretty where he's like, who are all those people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was beautiful. Um, yeah, that was... That was intense. And then how they were discussing their strategy, like, in whispers. Yo, that was so cool. That and how Dr. Lesh said to Steven, like, I'm going to have to show this footage. Just and don't was do like, it I don't care minutes. who you show it. Just get, rid- just get my daughter back. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care. I understand that this is Come an exchange on. of goods. That felt like kind of like a fun inversion of so many horror movies where it's like, no, 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 right. no, no, no. Like, it's probably not. Like, they're trying to play it down. Like, it's probably not ghosts. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're probably crazy. <laughs> and he was like, I, I don't give a fuck what I you call it. I don't give a, a fuck. Very, I will give you the information you need. I have a very specific agenda. That's like, right. these are these are all competent, capable people. And it makes yeah. all the, the, like, scary shit that much more compelling because, like, there we've already seen that these are competent people and if mm-hmm. the expert is still telling them like i don't know if you could handle this yeah we're also like, oh, no. that was a really great dad when the when the first time the kid exhibited like being like afraid and he goes into their parents rooms and he mm-hmm. goes and he goes hop on like get on my shoulders mm-hmm. and he carries him and he says you are the feather and i am the wind yo it's cute. That, it's, it's that real cute. Was, yeah, that was cool. It's real cute. I just, you know, I loved so much about this movie that mostly it carried me through all the parts where there was no convention or the convention didn't make sense. Mostly. I could feather in the wind it over those little mm-hmm. yeah. bumpy spots. I respect mostly. that. It didn't work for me in the same way, but I get why it would. Mm-hmm. You know? And you had you'd seen it before too, right? I had seen it once in high school, and then I saw it in a theater last year, back when we could go to theaters. Mm, that sounds fun, yeah. Okay, so you so you had some familiarity with it before we, so we talked about this before. Again for this. Yeah, I had yeah, well, none. I mean, we, we've talked about this that like when we watch for the show. We don't always have like I've taken to like deliberately watching these movies after dark with all my lights out. Mm-hmm. And hopes that I can get scared because when you're mm-hmm. watching it analytically, it's hard yeah. to like get there. Right. Um, but oh, yeah, but I mean, I was, it was thi- definitely a pleasant surprise for me. 
there's one thing I want to mention about this movie I was very surprised about. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I had never had no context. All I knew was like some of the pop culture references. There's ghosts in the TV. There's an Indian. Mm-hmm. There's like some kind of burial ground situation. I thought, from what but, I heard about the movie up until now, I did think it was an, a native burial ground. And then I'm watching the movie and I was like, that is the exact opposite of what happened. How did I get that idea? Because it basically is. Because they mentioned so, it. But mm-hmm. one thing that I thought was like really cool was in the very beginning, out of the TV screen comes like this kind of like greenish, grayish smoke. And it was so much like in that movie Anastasia, where he's like, <laughs> he comes back and he's like putting the curse and he's like, all right, let's go get her, let's go get her. And there's like that like green smoke of like all like the evil like demons coming out trying to go find Anastasia. Mm-hmm. Like this me, that's like miasma. Yeah, in the dark of the night. In the dark of the night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes, with Bartok the Bat. Yes! Such a great movie. Why was Dimitri so hot? He's, he's just... He had no his... right to be that sexy. He's like Russian. almost as hot as like Robin Hood or Simba. Like almost as hot. Yeah. Or like Aladdin. No. No. Aladdin is hot. Look, he's hot. No one could top Aladdin. But nobody can top Robin Hood or Simba. Like, we all know that that's the case. Well, because they're not... Okay, so this is what I was talking to to my neighbor about. There's cute, and then there's cute, cute. So, like, you're cute. You can be cute on, like, the outward of presence. But if you Mm -hmm. have, like, the Simba-like complex where you're, like, a good on the inside... Like, you're uh-huh. just as cute on the inside as the outside. You then you see cute, it. cute. You cute, cute. It's not cute, I feel cute. Noted. It's cute, I feel cute. Like, I feel like Robin Hood is cute, cute. Like Yeah, oh, yeah. For, oh, big cute, cute. Swooping in, like, saving Maid Marian, like, singing yeah. with that cool bear. He's like, looking he, out for the less fortunate. The little guy. He had that you don't accent. get more cute, cute than that. He had that accent. He had that accent, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's a fox. He's a literal fox. <laughs> yeah, where do I find that? Like, besides an actual forest, that's not what I mean. <laughs> well, at this point, like I said, it's been a real dry spell. I don't know. Maybe I do. I don't even know what's happening anymore. No. Yeah. No, hold out. You don't okay. want a fox. Okay. I can't even get them here. I'd have to settle for a coyote. Oh, shit. Gotta do what you gotta do. No. Okay, so time to answer the age-old question: Is this movie scary? Yeah, I thought I thought it was, I was scared. How points. so? What was scary about it for you? Well, there was a few jump scares. First of all, second of all, again, a strange blonde child crawling towards me. Mm-mm, no, mm-mm, not today. Okay. Please don't okay. do that to me. Don't like that. Um. A kidnapping uh, tree. Um, things that are affecting your family that is like kidnapping your children beyond your control. Terrifying. And you have nothing, there's almost nothing you can do about it. Um, your house literally imploding. Don't like that. Um, swimming with actual <laughs> corpses. Don't like that. I mean, I could go on. Like, how much time do you have? Well, for me, the scariest thing, most of the, most of the stuff wasn't like scary, scary to me. Like I was into it, but I wasn't scared, scared. Um, the scariest thing for me was the possibility that 
Like, you're getting a lot of instructions here, and if you fuck them up, you could just destroy your entire family. Yeah, like, the whole, like, like she says, the like, light no. thing. Yeah, she's like, put your foot into it, and you, like, don't give it enough enthusiasm. Your child will just, like, die in the ether. Ooh. If you go all the way in the light, and not just right up to it. Right. Yeah. That's, that, that really freaked me out, that, like, there was a way to do this wrong. Right. And yeah, then when she true. was saying oh, that, like, like that. they told her tell her to go to the light even though like that's like bad or whatever and she started doing it and she said to them I hate you for making me yeah, do this yeah I hate you for this Ooh. yeah I just I, I love that that whole scene could happen off screen I mean like the whole drama with Carol Ann like they didn't need to show it it was scarier that they didn't show it yeah it, exactly. it is it's exactly. true it's true and there's a, yeah that element that we'll never totally know or understand Right. What happened there? And the fact that, I mean, the fact that we buy in anyway, that we're like, yeah, good. Yeah, like, just tie the rope around her waist, and then you'll pull her back, and it's fine. Like, I was there for all of that. When I, in hindsight, I'm like, I should not have been. It's just that They just Zelda, blindly trusted her. Zelda Rubenstein sells that shit so hard. She sold the shit and out cra- of that. The part is beautifully written, too. Like, it that is. moment where um, Stephen thinks she can't hear him. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, and then she responds to a question that wasn't asked to her. And she's like, oh, I can't. She's like, I can hear you. I just don't like trick questions, you know? But you know what's um, one thing that we didn't talk about, I think is kind of interesting, is that isn't like the conjuring, isn't that just like another like retelling of Poltergeist? Like the conjuring in the Annabelle movies? I it's think just, maybe the clown situation kind of makes it seem well, like that. Not, but not, I don't mean the clown, but the fact that um, someone has gone to another realm and they need to bring in an expert to help them get them oh, out of yes. there. It has that same set of mm-hmm. rules and expectations. Well, I think something this movie does differently than a lot of horror movies is that it treats the experts seriously all the time. True. Like, there's no moment where it's, like, they're a mm. joke and then you realize they're cool or, like, they seem cool and then you realize they're a joke. Like, no. When he goes to them, they handle themselves professionally. They come okay. to the house, they're handling themselves professionally. It's just that professionally includes, like, ripping your own face off and dumping it in the sink. Oh, God, yeah. that grossed me out. I liked me out. the technician, Ryan, because he was so in. He was, he was just... on it. He was very scientific, like, very methodical, when he he was like catching the ball out of the wormhole, and he was like, "It's my Twitter. handwriting. It's a one. Yep, we yes, got it. Yes, Come yes. on." I I loved how scientifically he approached the whole problem, even mm-hmm. when and he's like explaining the the phenomenon of the truck rolling across the floor, and it took seven hours, yep. and no one would know it. I was like, "This guy, he is really invested in this." And then Stephen is like. Oh, yeah, okay, that was interesting to you. And then he unveils <laughs> that realm of shit. Yeah. That reminded me of, like, Yeah, some he third was cute, date. cute. That, that's, like, some third date behavior. When he's like, <laughs> I just really like you. And you're like, welcome to my haunted bedroom. <laughs> this is what the inside of yep. me actually looks like. We can go to bed if you can pin it down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome to my boudoir. Don't mind that. It's just my extra giant. If you can hang vagina. on for eight seconds, we're good. <laughs> the tree might want to yes, get in on it. Yes, I did just it. make it's a fine. radio joke. The tree might want to get in on it. It's fine. It's fine. No. Like, 
Our thing is open. And the tree cannot get in on it. What do you think this is? Evil Dead? <laughs> well, not when the children were living in that room, but now that it's my room, that I don't know. That wasn't a tree. That was like a weed. In this scenario where it, is, weed. where it is my room, does the tree mean we also get Bruce Campbell? Because then... No. Game changer. Damn it. Yeah, that's not the same. She said... Damn it. So, I just had one more question. Um, I didn't think this movie was really scary because I was too busy trying to figure out how the convention fit together, like you were saying with the trying to analyze it while you're watching it. Um, However, I did write... It was one of my first questions, and I know, Mary, you had it on here as well. Uh, but I wrote down, like, do TVs nowadays even have white noise anymore? Like, do they even have empty channels? That's a good point. And if it, if we aren't, aren't familiar with that convention enough. Yeah. That was my first thought when the, when the, so before the screen even becomes, you know, right. you hear the, the Star Spangled Banner. Anthem, yeah. And mm. I, and as soon as, like, the, as soon as we had any kind of image on the screen, I knew what it was. I was like, oh, shit. Um, because it felt a little like, it was like a fun memory for me. And then I was like, wait, if you don't know what this is, then it just seems like something somebody made up to make a movie work. Like, if you don't remember yeah. that I don't remember. I don't. I don't know what that was. I think the only reason I really remember it is that um, when we were overseas, I think programming ended at a certain time of night. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, programming ended at a certain time of night. And then they would play that you know, the Star Spangled Banner, and it would sign off, and then it would just trade up, like, end. Like, there was nothing happening on any channel. I yeah. didn't know that. And um, same with, like, the whole, like, there's an empty channel. At one point, they call it that, an empty channel, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that used to be a thing, right? Because you're working with frequencies, so the channel mm-hmm. exists whether you're using it or not, like the radio, right? right? Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, so I was like, man, I wonder if this is... I wonder if it would, if I were to watch this without familiarity with those things, if I would feel like they just made this shit up to make the movie work. Okay. You didn't feel that way? Because Rachel, you were just Um, saying you don't remember that. I mean, I think there's enough like context to put it together that that's what's happening, but it's just, it's not as taken in stride as it would have been when the movie first came out to me. Um, But, I mean, it's kind of like with the ring. We don't have a dial tone. Yeah, Uh, that makes sense. Or like like a phone, a landline ringing that much Interesting. Do you remember? So it's like. What was that? Was that that a TikTok viral thing where they were like going up to kids and asking them how to like pantomime phone? Pantomime? What's that mean? So like if you were pantomime to play it, like if you were to tell me like, hey, like pretend you're on the phone. Right? And you tell me that. I do this, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going up to younger people and saying, hey, pretend you're on the phone. And they all did this. Because they're used to smartphones. And they have yes. never actually, and they've never handled a handset that had those distinct ends. Mm-hmm. And, and I've seen, I've, I've seen a kid ask me once. He said to me, why do you say hang up the phone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you want to end the call? And that like tripped me out like back yeah. in the day yeah there's I mean there's so much stuff that now because it's so deeply entrenched in our like technological landscape right like the save icon even Jesus right. um, like we have these things that we kind of stick with even though they're not 
Mm-hmm. The vocabulary is not relevant anymore or whatever. I mean, my grandmother used a rotary phone in her house until mm-hmm. she didn't live there anymore, you know? Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. And I then you'd it. have to, <laughs> there would be like a nine at the very end and you'd put eight instead and be like, oh, that's another 20 minutes. I have to dial this number. Jam down the fucking, yeah. Exhausting. Exactly. Well, you know, I didn't have that many people to call. It was Wisconsin. I, I knew my family and that was it. So they described the children's massive walk-in closet that children need um, <laughs> as the heart of the house. Mm-hmm. To be fair, Zelda says there are several hearts. But mm-hmm. um, if you had a heart to your house and it was like real on brand, like almost to the point of being embarrassing, what would the heart of your house be? Bread box. What's that? The bread box in my kitchen. Oh, your I bread you box. Re- oh, I thought you I thought said, you said red box, and I was like, too. girl, mm-hmm. me why too. do you have a personal no, the bread box? box. The, <laughs> the bread, bread box. Bo- that's excellent. That is very excellent. I like Thank that. You. Thank you. <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> well, explain. Oh, I just, that's where everything is that I want. <laughs> yeah. Bread. The heart is the bread. <laughs> the bread. The bread is <laughs> the heart. The heart. I think the heart of my house would probably be either my lingerie drawer. Because that's all the stuff. It's all the stuff I most do not want to see sucked into the void. Like, mm. no, those are expensive bras. <laughs> and then, uh, if not that, then like my vanity. Again, like my skincare routine is, that's my sacred thing. That's the thing you can't fuck with. You know what? Um, Rachel, what's coming up next? Oh, I am so glad that you asked because we are doing one of my favorites. It is with Justin Long, Jeepers Creepers, back in 2001. That's right, the first Jeepers Creepers. And I have this incredible, when I say incredible, y'all, listen, incredible (laughs) person who lives in my creepy fucking Coraline house. Terrifying dumbwaiter monstrosity. <laughs> yes. He lives yes, in the dumbwaiter. Yes. And he is the ultimate plant daddy, yoga master. Like, he is of my tribe. When I say tribe, he is of my tribe. He's king of my tribe. His name is Stefan. And when I said, I think you would really like to be on this podcast. I think this is something you would like. And then the next time I said, well, how do you feel about Jeepers Creepers? He goes, yo, that's my favorite. <laughs> so I'm really excited that we're going to be doing Jeepers Creepers 2001 with Justin Long. You can watch it on, what was it? Uh, HBO. As HBO, of this, HBO. As of this date that we are talking, it is HBO. It might become available or less available in the meantime, but as of this date, <laughs> HBO. Yeah, we yeah. would hope so. But otherwise, I mean, most of you have seen it already, so like, just fucking show up. I haven't seen it. Thanks. Yeah, so thank you so much for joining us. I really enjoyed this movie. Maybe it is what it maybe, is. Maybe I wasn't my funniest self because I was so pleasantly surprised by so much of it this um, movie was a wild fucking ride honestly so yeah thank you for joining us for our poltergeist episode we'll see you in a couple weeks for jeepers creepers please don't forget to rate and review do it yeah. tremendous, do it tremendous and buy my book buy mary Kay's book america's first female serial killer jane yep. toppin and the making of a, a monster yes perfect you'll love it perfection 
It it's is actually brilliant good. and it's wonderful. Follow uh, the show on Twittergram, Twittergram and Twittergram. Twittergram and Instagram. Twittergram. <laughs> Twitter and Instagram, my goodness. Just uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, uh, Campfire, for holding us down. And we will see you guys soon. Love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Love you, bye. You probably hate me, but love you, bye. Hi, I'm Muriel. And I'm Nick. And we are the co-hosts of the podcast, Hella Hella in Your Your 30s. 30s. This podcast is all about diets, hobbies. Never dying. Never dying. Fitbits. I'm going to try to moisturize my face more. Yeah, alcohol. Should we drink more or less? (laughs) Cheap Chipotle dates for two. We bring you hot episodes every Monday from Campfire Media. So make sure to subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.